All right, let's do it. All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Fitness for Thought. Today, we have the GOAT of all guests. Okay. The long-anticipated. First, uh, first, pretty much been talking to this guy since we could say our first words. So, Legend. What'd you say, French? <laughs> legend. <laughs> legend. The man, the myth, the legend. Taylor Fox, thank you for being here. Of course, boys. Good thing for you, too. Um, how we been, buddy? I'm good. How about you guys? I'm outstanding. It's only been like eight hours since I last FaceTimed you. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, conversely, pre- I haven't talked to you in years. I know. <laughs> I miss you. How's the arm, French? Hey, it's getting better, but a little bit better every day. That's good. Yes. Still jacked though. I, I, I watch your Instagram videos on the one arm. Yeah, you're, you're still freaking good. <laughs> <mute. laughs> disproportionate i love it (laughs) um so did you have practice today taylor or weights or anything no tomorrow tomorrow yeah we only have three days this week monday tuesday wednesday and then we get the rest of that week off and then on tuesday moving to the hotel for camp for camp oh boy i forgot you guys stay you stay in like coralville in a hotel in coralville or Uh, we used to like the marriott on like uh what do they call it the river landing oh bougie but they built that new hotel right across from Kinnick on Melrose, okay. so we just stay there. Do you, you guys stay there like uh, the night before home games too? Uh, no, so they actually go to Kirkwood Hotel in Cedar Rapids. That's so weird. Why do they do they do that just so they can like focus? Yeah, it's kind of like the idea like went trying to keep it the same as away games as it is for home games. Oh, but okay. away game, you're going to be staying at a hotel, so they just want to have a routine and stuff like that. So they just go to the Kirkwood Hotel. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, I've, I mean, I've already talked to you a lot about your experience with camp, like the past few years, but like, how do you feel going into this year's camp? Um, I, this camp is going to be a little bit different. I think they said like, we're, I think we're going to get uh, an extra off day and stuff like that. I think they're going to try and spread it out more. So we're not practicing every single day of camp and stuff like that. So a little more optimistic going into this year. I think it's going to be a little bit more laid back. But, I mean, it's still camp at the same time. It's still going to be brutal. Yeah. The dog days of camp, you know. Super yeah. Hot. Middle of August, it's the hottest time of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's a grind getting through it. But, honestly, once you get into it and you get going, it's pretty easy to get through. Yeah. And your past few camps, your, all your camps have been kind of different, too, because of because of that yeah. year, right? Yeah. So, my freshman camp, I mean, I was on D-line, so it was totally different. Plus, we were in the other hotel, so it was just kind of a different vibe altogether. And so, that was freshman year. And the next year was COVID. So we had, I think, three or four days of camp. And we were not in, not in a hotel. We were just staying at our houses. And then the season got canceled for like a month. And then they brought us all back and we just started playing right away. We didn't have any sort of camp. And then, yeah, and then last year we were in the new hotel and I was offensive line then. So it's all been very different. Yeah. So I just want to, hey, can I just jump in? Just so, obviously, we're very close with Taylor, so this is kind of just like a conversation, but just so there's no confusion, we're, we kind of just jumped right into this. Taylor plays football at the University of Iowa. I just want to preface that. We didn't really just say it, but just to have some context for people that don't know. Yeah, You should okay. know, though. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't know, you've been living under a lot. <laughs> you better get learned, boy. 
Um, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the things that I want, we wanted to ask you, cause um, this, this podcast is a little bit like fitness related, but we still want to get kind of your take on, on your experience because that entire world French knows, especially of strength and conditioning is uh, just a completely different world in and of itself. So um, sure. what being a part of that D one program um, you obviously have certain expectations for keeping your body um, and just being physically and mentally prepared. Um, what do you think, what do you think one of the biggest things or some of the biggest things you can take away from this after your experience at Iowa that you or anyone could use um, in just day-to-day life, just keeping your body or your mind prepared? Yeah, I think uh, I have two things. I think the biggest thing is like having a routine for things. Like if you're just kind of doing a different thing every day and you don't really, you're just kind of playing it by ear, it's kind of hard to stay consistent with things, especially like body weight. Like it's kind of like, a part-time job just trying to stay on weight every day like throughout the summer usually we only weigh in once or twice a week throughout the summer we weighed in every single day so every day I kind of had to be conscious of how much I was eating how much how many fluids I was drinking a day and stuff like that so just developing a routine and being able to focus on that kind of stuff is really helpful to be able to stay on weight and perform well in the weight room and out on the field and stuff like that and then uh, the second thing this might be kind of cliche but sleep it is so it's such a important thing like obviously you like track, right uh they we used to do it the freshmen are required to they wear like the sleep bands okay we still have them i haven't worn mine for a while i'm pretty good about getting my eight hours every night because i kind of make it a priority but there's obviously nights where you can't sleep or you have to stay up and do homework or something like that and then you have an early morning and it's pretty easy to tell like if like there's been nights where i've gotten three hours of sleep before and then I have to wake up and go do a full practice and stuff like that. And it's like the most brutal thing in the entire world. And you're just yeah. fatigued and out of, like, out of, I feel out of breath. And I just feel like I can't eat very well in the morning. And that hurts me again. So I think sleeping, like a consistent sleep schedule is really helpful. And that just goes with routine, I think. Yeah. Um, I, you mentioned the staying on top of weight, doing weigh-ins every day. Um, I know we talked about this, um, you know, earlier like especially your freshman year but um obviously for the position that you're in um they really try to beef you up and uh they want you to gain quality mass so i know that you have to be at a pretty specific weight um can you talk about that process and how like kind of challenging that was for you or is for you or what you've learned through that oh when i came in i think the very first day we weighed in I think I was like 272 or something like that because I just came off of like wrestling season from senior year of high school and then I went through track and I tried to kind of bulk up a little bit through track but I only weighed like 265 through wrestling and then I got up to 272 so I showed up at that weight and they've had my uh goal weight set at uh 284 I think right away and so I kind of had to work my way up to that slowly and my freshman year it was really hard to stay on weight I was always underweight and so you know I was one of the guys that was in the locker room right before weigh-ins just chugging bottles of water just trying to get kind of close to where I was supposed to be so I didn't have to because if you miss weight if you're underweight you get on the refuel list and then you have to go and get extra shakes in the afternoon you have to go in before practice and they'll sit like watch you eat they don't do that much anymore but they used to go and sit and watch you eat breakfast and make sure you ate it just to get on weight uh but now I'm at 290 
is my like optimum weight set that they have me set at. And I just have to be within four pounds either way of that. So I can be anywhere from 286 to 294. And honestly, the past like year and a half, I've gotten pretty like pretty good at just sitting right at that weight. I don't really have to think about it too much. I mean, I still have to have a good diet and eat what I'm supposed to and everything, but it's pretty easy to stay at 290 now. Yeah. Um, are you, is that going to be something that, uh, like you're looking forward to? I know we've kind of talked about this, so, um, but is that something that you, you might be kind of looking forward to after football is over, maybe not having to maintain that weight? Cause that's, I mean, you have a big frame, but, uh, that's a lot of weight. Yeah. I definitely want to lose some weight after I don't like, I'm not going to just try and like cut it all off at once just, and just like starve myself or anything like that. But yeah. I'm excited to, it's kind of a different challenge than what football is and start losing some weight, get down, I don't know, probably like 240, 245-ish within like six months, not six, maybe a little longer, but. You'd be lean. You'd be shredded. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I want to keep on, the muscle, keep on the muscle mass, do something like that, you know. Yes, sir. Fox fit. Fox fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, you got, you got plenty of time, but speaking of, have you thought much about um, like what, what is after football, if you want to stay kind of in the sports realm or if you don't really know yet, cause it's, it's a big, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there, but it's, it's kind of hard to decide what you want. Right. Uh, so my major right now is sports and rec management. So I know I want to stay within the sports world. I don't know whether that be coaching or just working in an athletic department or something like that, but I know I want to stick around sports and it doesn't even have to be football. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of pretty much every sport. So wherever I end up, I just want to stick around the sports world, just stay competitive and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I don't know. I think we talked about this once when you were at my house, but do they give you a reading list at Iowa? So the freshmen every single year have to read the slight edge. Yeah. I think you just, didn't you just read that book, Noah? Awesome book. Love there it. you go. Yeah, yeah. So everybody on the team has read that book. There, yeah, there's an insert in there from from uh, like Iowa football. Is it really? Yeah, I, I think know. I think it was uh, like a half a page on a quote from Doyle. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't read it in a couple of years. So yeah, so that's the book that everybody reads as a freshman, and they're like quotes from that book are hung up all around the facility and stuff like that. And then there were some other books. That's the only one they've had required us to read. And then like they have, our, we have our leadership council on the team and like our player council and stuff like that. And those are just the guys that we kind of vote on to be basically our leaders of the team. And it's like 14 guys, I think like that. And every winter they have to read a book. And so they've read like, can't hurt me, uh, David Goggins. They've read legacy which I believe that was the one. It was about the uh, New Ze- the All Black New Zealand rugby, rugby team. team, right? Yeah. yeah, that one was really interesting. I read it, like a couple of chapters from it, and that one was really cool. And they just they would do presentations about it, like the leadership council during team meetings. They would come up and give their thoughts on it about a certain chapter or something like that. And I thought that one was super interesting. I might actually go back and read that sometime. But so those are just some of the books that those guys have read. Yeah. Um. So. Speaking of books, perfect transition here. Uh, what, I mean, obviously schoolwork uh, is, you know, 
a job in and of itself on top of, you know, the intense, the intense rigorous schedule of a collegiate athlete. But what, what was one of the like biggest things you've learned from having to balance all of that? Cause obviously that had to have been a big adjustment. Cause I mean, you're basically, it's a year round job pretty much. Pretty much yeah. I mean, there's been times throughout college where I haven't balanced it well, like three semesters ago or something like that. I was, my grades were kind of dipping, you know, I wasn't really balanced, had my routine well, I wasn't balancing it as well as it should. So I kind of got back, back to where I want to be, got my grades back up. You know, I think it's just developing a routine. It was definitely a big adjustment coming from high school where didn't really ever have to study, didn't really pick up a book outside of the classroom. And then it was just practice after school, maybe weights in the morning. You know, it was a lot easier in high school to kind of balance everything. And now it's like round clock. You have to be paying attention to stuff like that. So definitely a big adjustment, but I think I've uh, adapted to it pretty well over the past couple of years. Yeah, for sure. French, I'm kind of just hogging all the questions. Sorry. No, that's good. I want to jump off off that one. And I feel like there is, I feel like there's kind of this like stigma around like high level college athletes and like school, you know, kind of like the jock stereotype. And, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, like, do you guys have any like resources, like academic resources that like traditional students don't have? And like, I know I've heard stories about there's the people that say that, you know, they just don't go to class. I don't see Iowa as a school where they'll let you do that. I feel like it's kind Absolutely. of a no shortcuts culture. You kind of want to get into that. Yeah. I feel like so, it's pretty misunderstood. Absolutely. Uh, you definitely don't get away with just skipping class all the time. Okay. A lot of teachers will take attendance. And so every, we have these athletic advisors. I think there's five or six athletic advisors. At, we have the Jardine Athletic Learning Center, which is basically a place for, the, it's only athletes that can go in there. And we can get tutors, learning assistants, we have our academic advisors that I, I meet with mine every other week. Um, just stuff like that. And they can help you out. They have all those resources. They also have like mental health stuff that you, you can talk to the therapists, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can sign up for tutors for any class that you are struggling in. You can get a, the learning assistant is just like a broad, like they'll just help you time management stuff. They'll help you figure out a schedule, like when you need to go in and study, all that stuff. Um, I put myself I signed like had so I have to go in for required hours. I have to be there at least four hours a week, just doing homework and stuff like that, which is another thing that really helps me just going into that building and having time to put aside that where I actually have to work on schoolwork and stuff like that. But yeah, I think the uh, the academic advisors really help because they kind of set all that stuff up just for athletes. Yeah, I think that's awesome because like for me it makes sense you guys have a lot more on your plate than just like a traditional student. So it makes sense that you guys have like those resources, like as far as tutors and stuff, not to just like do your homework for you, but like getting extra help just to help with time management and stuff like that. So I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I've had the tutors. They do not do the homework for you. Okay, good. So you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Not at Iowa. I'm going to speak for. <laughs> not at Iowa. Maybe at other schools. I yeah. I'm not going to speak for any other schools, but you know. Yeah, but at Iowa, you got to do your own stuff. All right. <laughs> Now we know. Um, I was thinking about this, uh, kind of speaking of, you said not at Iowa. I was traditionally a very, it, when it comes to football, they're very different in their, I guess, philosophy than a lot of these other schools where 
Um, there's not really, I mean, like French said, there's not really any shortcuts. It doesn't seem at least, um, and from talking to you in the past, obviously we've talked about this a lot. Um, it just doesn't seem like that's the way it, do you think that, what do you, what do you think, uh, some other schools may benefit from learning from, from some of Iowa's philosophies? Um, the tricky one. Uh, one thing that came to mind right away was like Coach Braithwaite. When I, we go out to the lift every day, and he gives us like a little, little speech or something like that, or quote from somebody. And one that that like, kind of sticks out to me that he says is, uh, well, like we'll finish a a conditioning session or something like that, and he's just like, you don't need to be proud of yourself. Like everybody else in the country is out here doing this. Like just showing up and doing this, that's not enough. It's like how much effort you put into it, and it's like. So it's not just so much completing a workout. It's what you did during that workout and like just stuff like, like that little day-to-day stuff, like the slight edge pretty much like doing every, like the little things, if you do those right over time, it'll accumulate to to big things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such an important uh, mindset. And that's what, that's basically the entire book is just like repeating the same lesson over and over again, just because it's, it's so important. So yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, I remember I was thinking about, uh, back when you were just about to go, um, go for the summer. Uh, cause I remember you went that summer early to work out with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that's when, uh, I think that was about the time that, uh, washed up walk-ons were starting to get big. And, um, I remember you submitting a question to them, asking them advice specifically for Iowa, but, um, after like a few years of being in that environment. Do you have any advice for anyone? I mean, not only just going to Iowa, but wanting to become a college athlete in general. Um, there's one thing I learned is like, there's not like a secret formula. Like there's no like secret, like insider information that I can say. It's just like, dang it. Like, a, a, I know, I'm sorry, but like I was at the, uh, there was a lineman camp a couple months like a month and a half ago that my little brother was at Cody and so one of the other linemen came up to me and they were like are you on the team and I was like yeah and he goes what like what should I be doing in the weight room like what kind of stuff can I be doing to like get bigger and stronger and I was like say like what are you doing right now and he's like just like bench squat clean stuff like that and I was like I mean you're already doing it it's not really it's not a secret like that's what you have to do it's just like the day-to-day stuff just keep doing it grinding on it every day I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. Is yeah. the quote that I like to like? That's what I think the washed up walk-ons even said. They were like, "It's simple, but it's not easy." Like, the path is pretty much laid out there, but it's just kind of a it's a tough path to go on to get here. Yeah, and I'm sure that's I mean something you probably have to remind yourself continuously because I'm sure there's yeah. days where you're just not feeling it at all. Oh, absolutely, everybody has those days. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Cody, uh, is it, are you pretty excited for him to have that a similar experience of you? I know like he's I, just from talking to him, the small amount I have, he's super excited to get down there. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's, that's probably huge for you guys just to bond over that and mm-hmm. just kind of share that experience. Yeah. I've been trying to help him out a little bit. Like I gave him an old playbook that we were getting new playbooks. They were just making them new. And so I gave him an old one, had him look over a little bit. I'm just trying to give him little tips and stuff here and there that'll 
help him out when he gets here. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um one of the things that one of the things I was gonna ask you, um it, going off of just like things you've learned um from from being a collegiate athlete is uh just some of the stories you've told me. Uh I mean some of them are just pretty, pretty wild, just interacting with your teammates a lot of the times, because I feel like that's like one of the best parts about the entire experience is just the people you meet. But, um, is there a certain memory that like sticks out to you so far from just being in around all those people? Um, I was actually just talking about this last night to another guy. We were talking about like your, uh, welcome to college football moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the moment where you get here and it's like, okay, this isn't, class a football anymore you know i'm not playing northland and edco and all like it's a little bit more like a little more serious than that and so uh we were talking about it and i brought up amani jones oh my god because i know that dude's a freak freak athlete but like i can't we come from class a football there was 35 kids in our graduating class i mean and all the schools we played were pretty much the same way so i was I mean, I'm not trying, I'm humble brag, but I was one of the bigger guys, you know? So it wasn't, I didn't really know about people being that much bigger than me, much more, that much more athletic, you know? So I get there and it was like the first couple days of my very freshman summer. Like I had just walked in the door and I was walking through the weight room and the older guys were lifting and Amani Jones squatted, I think it was like six, six ten for a set of five. And I was like, good like, God. I was like, mom, come pick me up. You know, <laughs> like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, there's no, do they expect me to do this? Cause I can't, you know? So it's just stuff like that. Like seeing those guys be freak athletes or like my friend, I was on the, I was on D line, but they put me on the scout out and I had to pull and they were like, just go knock AJ FNS on his ass. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but, and then he just lowered his shoulder and I, hit I just all I remember is running at him and then I was looking up at this guy so <laughs> like there's just some freak athletes out here well there, ha- there has to be so many of those moments that you just like I mean I, do you just like after a while I mean obviously you get used to it but do you just get numb to that like just I mean it's pretty crazy that the people you're surrounded with I mean you talk about some of the guys that have been walked like walked through that facility in just the last three years it's pretty insane yeah you know, I, I guess you kind of get desensitized to it a little bit. Like, it's just funny, like, like Tyler Linderbaum, like I played with him for the past three seasons. And to me, he was just like the guy who sat over in the room when we were watching film and stuff like that. And, you know, I was buddies with him because like the whole O-line, we would go hang out every once in a while and stuff like that. So to me, he was just one of my, one of my friends on the team. And it's just, it's crazy watching him like walk across the stage at the draft you know, getting drafted in the first round and stuff like that. So just stuff like that is crazy just to kind of reflect on. Yeah, that is insane. That's, that, that is crazy to think about. And I mean, the amount of, I mean, the amount of people that I was like, especially linemen, they just produce just some absolute freaks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, French. Yeah. I'll hop in here with one. Um, so this is going to be from your perspective. Do you think like our athletes and more specifically like football players, do you feel like 
people look at you different on campus or like treat you different or is there like a pressure to like you know live up to like I guess like what the Iowa football team is all about what's that like just kind of being like I mean how many I don't know how many students Iowa has it's a lot and probably not a lot of athletes out of all those students what's that like um it's actually I feel like it's not what people expected like it's definitely not what I expected like when you're on campus, it's for me, especially like I don't, I'm not on the field. Like people don't really know me as a football player unless I'm talking to them. And I mentioned like, oh, yeah, I play football. That's really the only time people will even acknowledge that I play. But like I remember freshman year, like I would, I would see like Nate Stanley and he'd just be riding the bus coming to class. And it's like he's just, when you get on campus and you're going to class, like people actually just treat you like another student. They don't really care and stuff like that. But I mean, you definitely like we always talk about living up to the, like the standard is the standard. So like, obviously you're not going downtown and making a fool of yourself every weekend and stuff like that. You know, you want to keep trying to like have a good name for yourself and keep like respect for the program and stuff like that. So. All right. Interesting. Oh, I got another one. Do you guys get like, do you have like a dining center just for athletes or do you guys get like special food, special food, like so- better food? Uh, short answer is yes. So um, all athletes know because most of the so pretty much every other athletic program at Iowa, they either share, I think it's like the rec center where like the track and field is or uh, Carver. So I think every other team pretty much shares like two or three weight rooms and we have our own entire building. And so we have food catered to us in like a like a dining hall pretty much buffet style twice a day so we have yeah during camp it'll be like four times a day because we'll have we get there well it's five i guess we get there and it's uh we'll have breakfast in the morning right before practice and then we'll have lunch we'll go home after practice or right before we leave uh for we just go back to the hotel in between practice and meetings right after practice we'll have lunch We'll come back, we'll have snack. And then after meetings, we'll have dinner. And then we usually have a few more meetings and then we'll have another snack. And snack is like, they give us like two Poncheros burritos or something a like snack? that. Or, yeah, <laughs> snack is like a full meal. Two, oh, one snack, two's a meal. That's what they are. What is the, what is the <laughs> meal? Like, I mean, I know you said- What is the meal? Bowl, a like, trough of steak. Like, yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's, I mean, <laughs> uh, so there's always steak, fish, and chicken at every meal. So you can decide which one you want. And then there's always some sort of vegetable. And then there's usually like a salad bar, uh, and like a, f- a bunch of like bowls of fruit and stuff like that that you can get. And then there's usually like a main dish that they have. Like Great Gray's is a restaurant. They're my favorite people that come to cater. Shout out Pete and Kim. They're the greatest people on earth they're the people who own grays and they'll come and they're just like the nicest people and if you are listening and we know that you are thank you yeah (laughs) so uh and pete's always serving up like the main dish and sometimes it'll be like uh it's like philly cheesesteak sandwiches or something like that or we'll have a shit on a shingle people (laughs) know what that is um you know prime rib something like that like and he's just serving it up to everybody 
So wow. you don't really, do you have to really worry about like food? Like do you get a little bit of groceries and other, I guess in season, it's probably a little bit different. Like there's most of that like taken care of. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, I have two meals a day pretty much taken care of. That's sweet. Every single day. It just regular in the regular season. And then like we have the uh, refuel center, which is down in our weight room. And that's full of like protein shakes, uh, salads, sandwiches, protein bars, beef jerky, fruits, vegetables, uh, different types of like protein chips. And like, I don't know, there's a ton of stuff down there. I haven't even tried all of it, but so I can go down there. Usually when I leave the city, uh, the facility, I'll go down there with my bag or something and just load up on whatever I want. So if I'm hungry during the day, I just grab something. That That's I took sweet. Yeah, it's pre- it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and if we don't, if they like, if for some reason they don't have a meal for us at the facility, they'll, uh, we have Black Card, which is just an app on our phone. And they'll give us like 20 bucks and we can go around. There's different restaurants in Iowa City. Most of them are just like local places. Like Gray's is on there. Uh, Chipotle's on there. Hy-Vee, that's probably the best one because you can go and get groceries and you just have 20 bucks to spend. So you can just go to a restaurant and order something if they don't have a meal for us in the facility it's dope it's a pretty good deal um so i guess uh that refuel did that did you say that refuel station is like in the facility like the by the weight room or something yeah it's actually in the weight room so like after we left even uh the interns like the guys that work in the weight room uh they'll be like behind the counter and they'll pull out all the blenders and they have like three blending stations and they'll just be making different shakes for us right after the lift. So you go right after you lift, you just walk by and grab a shake and drink it. Yeah. Wow. I guess, you know, one of the things we, we haven't really even covered this scene as this is like our entire podcast base, but talking about like the lifting a little bit. Um, hold up here. Um like going into that structured program coming from like, I mean, we have, we, we had some programs, some structured programs in high school, but I mean, they weren't necessarily like uh, specialized, I guess. Um, But transitioning from that, how would you say, like, what were some of the, just some of the differences um, maybe not even in, in programming, but just in like, technique or just the way you guys approached lifting when you got there because I know you talked about how they kind of just like tore everything down when you got there when it came to like form and like had to reteach you everything just so that they had you do it in exactly a certain way you talk about that a little bit yeah so like well like you know in high school when we would lift like you both know this we all lifted together throughout high school we would pretty much just go in and whatever the program said it was like four workouts on there maybe we'd do that and then it was just kind of free for all and we would just go around and we didn't know our ass from our elbow. We were just doing whatever. We were just moving stuff around, <laughs> yeah. which I mean, at that age, I feel like that's pretty good. If you're early high school, you know, right. just get it, just being in the weight room and moving weight around is going to be good for you. But yeah. So like the freshman year, right. When I showed up in the summer, they pretty much just gave us the bar and they were like, we were doing like 95 pound squats. And it was like, what the hell are we doing? Like it was after like the first couple of weeks of it, I was like, like, this is kind of dumb. Like, we're just barely even doing anything, you know? <laughs> like, I'm doing 95 pounds. Buddy Joe just squatted 6'10". Yeah, I know. I just, I walked, I was like, two days ago, he just squatted 6'10 for five reps, and I'm doing 95 pounds. 
<laughs> so like, yeah, they really broke it down to like. But that's like, gonna be really important. Oh yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you have bad technique, it's just you're gonna hurt yourself in the long run anyway. So, but yeah, they really broke everything down, and like every every workout we do, usually like any like main lift, like squat, bench, uh, clean, whatever it is, the last set will be like highlighted on our little lift card that they we have with us every day and so we have to give it to a coach and they'll watch us do our last set make sure our form is right and everything like that yeah that's got to be huge for that just i mean mm-hmm. just getting your technique right yeah um, and then one of the th- one of the other things that um i always am interested to hear you talk about is the attention that uh you guys spend to um like mobility and um like uh like possible imbalances um can you talk a little bit about that because it it always interests me how you guys approach that yeah so we do before every lifting phase we'll do like a like a testing day and like physically it's like the easiest thing ever but it's like just like stretches and stuff like that and like like see how close you can get your fists together like behind your back and stuff like that or you know we'll do a hip bridge and just hold it for a minute or something like that. And they just kind of, and they'll take measurements of you and your weight and your body fat percentage and stuff like that. And they'll kind of like determine which uh, corrective group you need to be in. And this, so me is before, this is before every, every lift. Every, no, not before every lifting phase. So like before oh, okay. summer workouts, we'll do it. Gotcha. Uh, I think probably the first day of camp, we'll probably do it maybe uh, before winter lifting, we'll do it before spring ball. So you do it like four times a year usually, I think. Gotcha. But yeah. And so that just kind of determines what corrective group you're going to be in. So me personally, I am in the posterior chain. So like my hamstrings and my glutes, gluteus maximus, you know, so I have to do stuff like that to like correct like a strength and balance and then a posterior shoulder. So I have to do like rear delt workouts. Like, and it's just like, it's short stuff every day. Like, yeah, I think for uh, posterior shoulder, they just tag it on the end of like the Friday lift. And so I just go and I do a quick couple sets of like, uh, banded rows or something like that we just do that quick and, then, and that's really it so bad. that's so I mean because that's like our that I mean I I think I can speak for French when I say like that's like our dream to have like one like I mean it's got to be kind of I don't want to say the word frustrating but like difficult to have someone monitor every single one of your last sets just because I mean it's your last set that's that's got to be hard but um having that i mean just disciplines you and then also like when you talk about like the mobility and like the imbalances stuff like that's just got to be so good for your body to be like fully well-rounded so like that would be like a dream for Mm -hmm. us to just like have that like outside um influence to kind of make you fully rounded yeah and i guess that's probably one of the many reasons why that they can push you guys so hard. Cause I mean, they, they can also like most people who, I guess in my experience, a lot of times people can work really hard, like just the average Joe. Um, but like, you'll see a lot of like common injuries happening, like low back injuries or, you know, certain yeah. things. And it's most likely due to a lot of those imbalances. So that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. And we do a lot of like recovery stuff too, like right. every day half of what we do is recovery. I think like when we first get out there, we stretch, we like walk on a rock mat to like yeah. loosen up the bottoms of our feet and we do like ankle 
ankle mobility quick and we do a full like rollout before every workout and then afterwards we do a full stretch you know we'll do a theragun or something like that or like we have like the foam rollers that like vibrate and so we'll roll out on top of those that are vibrating and stuff like that there's just a ton of stuff we do for recovery that's yeah. probably half yeah of i remember the last thing we actually do what's that sorry just I, the recovery part is probably like half of what we do if not more yeah yeah i remember the last time we were working out together um it was a couple months ago i think um your warm like your warm-up stretches alone were like way longer than mine like i was you were doing all this crazy stuff like bending all these ways and yeah. I'm just like, but that's that's probably what you guys do i mean because that if that's what you're doing on you know when they just send you a little workout to do at home you're probably doing way more when you're actually there that's yeah, yeah that's huge it's, it's hard to replicate what we do there outside of the facility right like when, on a break like when they if we're going home for a week or something like that and they give us like a little lift card right like, it's usually not very heavy but still at the same time, it's hard to replicate the intensity of that weight room. Yeah. That's kind of cool. You talk about the, uh, like the highlighted sets. Cause we actually started doing that at Simpson this year where we check off the last set and now I kind of know where, cause my coach, he interned at Iowa. So I have a feeling that's kind of where he got it from. Yeah. yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he interned there. I think he's, I think I asked him if he knew you and he said, Oh yeah, he's a nice guy. Really? Yeah, Sam Schmitz, Coach Schmitz. You probably get a ton of interns going through there, though. There's so many. I think I remember a guy named Sam. Yeah, I saw yeah. a picture of him. I would know. Him. Yeah, because I think he said he's like he's like yeah, I rec- I recorded the video when Tristan Wirfs did his like four oh five or three. Oh, clean he or might something. have been gone then because that was the year before I. Did. Okay, I don't know. He said he knew you, or he supposedly knew you, but I feel like that's <laughs> probably where he got it from because we I'd never done that before this year, and I was like, oh, like, this is helpful. Yeah. Cause like usually, you're the most tired at that point, so it just kind of makes sense if you yeah, can hold when, up like, your, your form. Would start failing. Exactly. If you can hold up your form on the last set, then you're good. French, you got any more questions for him? I don't, we don't want to keep you too long, but I don't have anything going on, boys. Okay. <laughs> what um? I was watching Netflix before this, so <laughs> <laughs> right. What's We're about your to for three hours then? <laughs> Pull a Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do like in Iowa City outside of football? I feel like you like I mean you probably the breaks between football are probably far and far and few in between, but what's your favorite yeah. thing about Iowa or Iowa City in general outside of that? Uh, um or is everything just revolving around football? Yeah, I I mean, see especially that like in season. Like it all pretty much because in season we go six days a week and our off day is Thursday. So it's like, weird. yeah. So it's like we go, we're off Thursday, but I still have class and stuff like that. So it's not really any time in season to go out and do stuff. But like, usually we try and get together like our O-line group. I think there's like 20 something of us. We'll usually try and get together at least once a week. And when they give us black card and we'll all go to high V and, just go to the meat counter and get whatever we want and go to somebody's house and we'll just grill out and just hang out for a couple hours or something like that. So that, that's, I, that's really fun to do. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I like to come home every once if I have like a few days off or something like that, I usually come home, hang out with somebody's back home, maybe try and go kayaking. I haven't gone kayaking yet this summer, but I like to kayak every once in a while. But Yeah. It's nice that you don't live super far away from home. You can yeah. 
make a trip back every every now and then. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about, I don't know if it's been in place long enough for you to see its effect, but have, have you seen any of the effects from like uh, like NIL since they approved that for college athletes at Iowa? I feel like Iowa's not like a – when I think of Iowa, especially football, it's not like as we're not, they're not like flashy. They just do what it takes to kind of get it done. Sure. But have you seen any like uh, any of your buddies getting like big NIL deals or how's that impacted? Um, I don't know any – like obviously you have like the SEC quarterbacks who like they're making like six figures. Yeah. Just from NIL nice. and stuff like that. I don't know if we have anybody like that. I know guys have made money. Like Tyler Goodson, he was doing stuff like right when you were able to. Uh, Dane Belton was doing stuff, you know, just like stuff like that. I think Linderbaum did some stuff, but he gave all his money to the Children's Hospital, which is really cool. But college football is definitely changing. It's going to be a completely different game in the next couple of years. Yeah. I, we just uh, – there's an organization now. They're called the Swarm. They're doing a huge thing with Iowa athletics, with football, and men's and women's basketball. It's going to be this big NIL collective thing, deal where, you know, hopefully – everybody has an opportunity to make some money and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm going to be out of it pretty soon. So I don't have like all the opportunities that some other guys have, like, like uh, just, even the university, they just, they're doing a thing where uh, if you stay eligible every semester, like academically, then you basically just get $3,000 from the university. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But I'm only I'd like that. I might only, I'm only going to get it for probably one semester. Hey, better than none. Just yeah. <laughs> that's dope. But like the freshman coming in, like Cody, Cody will have like all sorts of opportunities just to keep putting money in his pocket, which will be really cool. Yeah. yeah, College football is, it's completely changing. Yeah. That's awesome though. Speaking of that, the big 10 just added uh, UCLA and USC, which I feel like two, those are kind of two NIL powerhouse schools. When I think of that, you know, they're both in LA, a lot of money, probably a lot of crazy rich boosters i mean in the usc quarterback sign i'm pretty sure he's making bank the guy that was at oklahoma i'm sure yeah yeah how do you think that's gonna i mean obviously that is an effect on the field how do you think that's gonna affect like college football as a whole and the big 10 you know now the big 10 is the first like coast to coast conference and it seems like some of the bigger conferences are gonna just dissolve at some point have you guys talked about that or what's what do you think about that I mean, as, like, a team, we haven't really talked about all that kind of stuff. Like, Coach Ferentz, he doesn't really – I mean, he obviously knows about it, but he doesn't kind of – he doesn't really give much thought to what goes on in the outside world. He's more focused on what's happening within our building, within the walls of the facility. So – but, I mean, my personal opinion on it, I think it's kind of insane. You know, yeah. like, you, I saw a tweet right after uh, they announced that they were going to join the Big Ten. And it was, like, pray for all the equipment truck drivers – because they, have to, oh, they yeah. can't fly all their equipment over they have to truck it over oh. and it was like 41 hours from ucla to rutgers oh my god it's just going to change what everything we do stuff like that like how practices look when we play teams like that and i think it would suck to be one like usc or ucla just because you get one game a year where you're not traveling basically across the entire country yeah no kidding yeah, so yeah that's it'll that's be interesting wild Kind of the big the big ten up. has closer to like twenty teams than it does ten at this point. Oh yeah, I think it's sixteen now. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think they're gonna 
like officially join until 2024, I think the year was. It'll be interesting though. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's weird. Do you guys like, like when you go to like, if you go to like Rutgers or like Penn State or Maryland, is that like a flight? Are you flying to all the games or does it depend? Like if you're going to like Minnesota, do you drive or? I think the only one they drove to was Illinois. Okay. So they're flying pretty much everywhere. They fly everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I figured they'd fly to most places, but I wasn't sure about like Wisconsin or Minnesota or Illinois. Yeah. Uh, During the uh, Big Ten championship game, they, the travel roster, everybody on the two deep, they got to fly over. And then our scout team guys, we had to take the bus. So it was like a six hour drive and it, it kind of sucked. But <laughs> luckily for the bowl games, they, they, we, everybody flies. Yeah, the bus life. That, that plane's got to be, I mean, that's a lot of big boys. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it's, it's a tough plane. I do not like, I, the first time, I, I guess I rode one when I was like five years old, but pretty much the first time I actually had a plane ride experience was the 2019 Holiday Bowl. And I got on and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. We are too big to be riding this plane. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the bus isn't much better though. Uh no. Maybe a when little you, bit, but on the when we took the bus though, we took like we took two different buses. So everybody kind of got their own like three seats to themselves. Or yeah. the older guys did. That's Some nice. of the freshmen had to double up, but so I could I could you could kind of like sprawl out a little bit on the bus, which was kind of nice. Yeah. But... Yeah, you almost, you almost like have to, well, you don't have to, but that's something to consider, especially like now we're talking about these, these new teams uh, that were added, like that's something to consider when you have all this long travel, because I mean, that's a, that's the, that's a huge disadvantage. I feel like coming in after, I mean, I, I was just on a plane not too long ago and you, it's definitely a real thing, like jet lagged and like Mm -hmm. just sitting in one position the whole time. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because, I mean, that's – if you're going to California to, like, New Jersey and going to Rutgers, that's, like, three hours time yeah, change. Hours. Whereas the rest of Big Ten is just within two time zones, so it's not too crazy. Yeah, yeah it's well, wild. You think about, like, November football when it's 10 degrees in Iowa and then guys from UCLA who practice in 75, 80 degrees the entire year, they come up to Iowa and it's 10, like, that's going to be a huge disadvantage on their part, which I mean, you see that in the NFL, but hey, it sucks for them. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing that we're used to practicing when it's super cold. And if we had to go down to USC or UCLA, I mean, we're going to be a huge temperature change, which is, I guess, I, I think it's a big disadvantage. Definitely. Yes, sir. Well, French, you got any more questions? Uh, Oh, I guess what's what's the uh, what's the gear situation like? Do you just get like unlimited Nike gear? Or what's no? Oh. Well, okay, I think it's a little not definitely. But we don't get like as much as like I think it's just the big time in general. Like obviously, if you go to the SEC, you're gonna get like everything, just a shit, just a shit ton of stuff. And I mean, we Wardrobe. still like yeah, pretty much all of my clothes that I have now are Iowa issued. Like they gave them to us, like. The shirt I'm wearing right now, the shorts I have, um, like I got them all from Iowa, but it's usually like during the season, we'll get it a lot more like during camp. Like I think in the next week or so, we'll probably get like a, not a huge shipment, but we'll get a couple pairs of shorts, a couple t-shirts, stuff like that. Maybe a pair of shoes. They usually give, we get a new pair of shoes before every season, like travel shoes. And then, uh, 
we'll get like a new pair of cleats every year. So I've got a few pairs of cleats. And if we have like a like an alternate uni game or something like that, like when we played Penn State two years ago in 2019 when we had like the gold jerseys, we uh we had black cleats, but we always wear white. So everybody had to get a new pair of cleats just for that game. And wear black cleats just for the uniform, yeah. And then like if your shoe blows out in the middle of practice, like they'll just give you a new pair of cleats to wear. That's okay. sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I can't I can't complain about it. Yeah. So uh, I know we were talking about camp uh, in general, but how do you feel about just the upcoming season? Um, just how do you feel? You feel pretty prepared. Uh, like, do you feel like you've grown a lot as a player? Because I know you had that position change early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like over. I think since Coach Barnett got here, we just had like our new. We got this new old line coach, Coach Barnett. I think he's really changed like the perspective of our offensive line room. And I think we're just a lot more unified and I think we're coming together more. And I think everybody's under understanding the game a lot better. And we're just a lot more of a cohesive unit now. And I think that's really helping each other. And just like leadership wise, I think we have a lot of really good leaders, not only in the O-line room, just on the team in general. We have a lot of vet guys that have played a lot of downs of football. And so and we have a lot of really, really talented young guys coming up. And so I think just the combination of those things and are going to be really good for us. Yeah, that, that's got to be huge, like at Iowa too, especially like, you know, it's a program that's, you know, it's known to, you know, build guys up, like even like, especially from that walk-on position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see some of these other schools where they'll have like, you know, maybe they ha- they'll have some higher prospects come in, but then they leave right away to go to the NFL. Whereas sometimes at Iowa, you'll have guys that, you know, are building for three years. They have, like you said, they've had a lot of downs of football um, and a lot of time to just develop that leadership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I feel like, honestly, I feel like Iowa recruiting has kind of been on the rise too. You guys got, you know, the two guys from Southeast Polk that were both five stars. I'm pretty sure. So I feel like they do a really good job of keeping like the good in-state guys, like they do a good job at recruiting in-state as well. Like you don't really see, I mean, obviously those guys had offers from all the big schools and they decided to stay home. So it's yeah. cool because you already got the, you know, building guys up and then you get some talented players that you can see if you can keep them for two, three years. Yeah, they definitely don't bullshit people when they recruit. Like I've heard a lot of stories from other schools where, you know, it wasn't quite what that what it seemed to be when they actually showed up at the school after they committed and stuff like that, just because they were kind of putting on a show just for the recruits. And they definitely don't do that at Iowa. They kind of tell you how it's going to be. And when you get there, that's exactly how it is and stuff like that, which uh, Coach Bell, I was talking to him during my recruiting and he was like, we what he said to me, uh, we don't recruit assholes. Something like that. So we, I think we get a lot of good guys coming in here. Like you said, those guys from Southeast Polk, I've talked, I mean, X is already here, Xavier. He's been here since January. He's a really good guy. I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but he's a really good guy from what I can tell. And he's super talented. I mean, obviously. And then uh, Caden Proctor, I've talked to him a few times when he's been in the building, you know, on recruiting trips and stuff like that. And same, same thing with him. He's just a really genuine person. And I think a lot of the recruits coming in are exactly like that. He is quite large. He's enormous. <laughs> He's so big, bro. He is. He's I didn't tank. realize how big he was until I saw him with Worfs, and I was like, 
um excuse me sir dude even then i didn't realize how big he was then i went and stood next to him and i was like jeez oh, what are you feeding this kid <laughs> dude that's that's i think that's the best way to do it like yeah you can recruit like people that aren't as high of character but i feel like at the end like good people like good people are going to make better leaders and i mean you're not going to recruit them if they don't have the athletic talent obviously but i mean i think that's the best way to do it and then just being upfront and honest with the the recruiting pitch is huge too because i can definitely see where i mean and i guess you can't really blame those other coaches because they're trying to recruit like if it's the sec it's super competitive but it's better to tell people up front than get the guys that are actually going to be like committed and willing to work for a spot rather than people that are just going to come in entitled and expect to start right away. Yeah. And I mean, obviously there's guys like that on every team in college football. I think it's a lot less here just because I think they're pretty upfront and honest about what, what they're selling basically. And I think other schools, some of the other schools, I'm not going to name what schools I'm talking about, but there's some other schools that are kind of not so truthful about what to expect once you get there and, what things are going to be like. Yeah, for sure. Gang. Iowa. Hawks by a million. Hawks by a million. I don't know if we could say that. That's trademarked, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> now we royalties. Um, well, French, you got any more questions? Nope. That's – I've exhausted all my question power yeah. for the day. Well, well, Taylor, we appreciate you coming on, buddy. Love talking to you as always. Love you, boys. Yeah. Love you too, man. It was good talking to you. We, we got to uh, catch up soon. For we'll sure. To, yeah, I was going to say, I'll probably be talking to you tomorrow. So it's not a. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, Taylor, talk to you in five more years. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll have to have you on again sometime. Uh, sure. Appreciate you taking the time out of it, out of your day. And uh, yeah, thanks for having Thanks for uh, being on. Yeah, peace, guys. Go Hawks. Is it a